We have a new series started uh, last week that's called Child of Love. It's a four-week series. Just uh, invite you guys, if this is your, your first uh, week to the series, you can listen back to last week's. It'll make a little bit more sense, but this, this should make sense. Um, but uh, it's going to be a four-week series on discovering our identity as children of God, as child children of love. And so I'm going to go ahead and start off with Psalms 139. I'm going to be reading from that, Psalms 139, 23 through 24, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Um, this is a Psalm of David. Just love David. Don't you love Psalms? Don't you love that the Bible just naturally opens the Psalms all the time? You ever thought about that? Like, why? Why is it right there? Psalms 139, I'm going to go ahead and read that, and then... Uh, I'm going to kind of break this down a little bit. It says, investigate my life, O God, and find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. And see for yourself whether I've done anything wrong, and then guide me on the road to eternal life. Investigate my life. Find out everything about me. Every aspect of my life, look at it, God. David inviting the Lord to just look at his life, to lay it out. It's an open book. When I first started following Jesus, um, I definitely had this great experience of that God would let me know him. To me, that blew my mind, that the, the Bible actually came to life and I would have these times of just playing my guitar and singing, and I would just have these amazing moments of his presence, and that God would actually let me know him, that I could actually get to know God. And so I would just surround myself with so many uh, YouTube videos and so many people like just speaking into that, that you can know God. But later on in my journey of walking with Jesus, one thing that I started to realize is not only do I get to know God, but God knows me. That this relationship with God, it's a, it's a two-way highway. It's um, I get to know God, but then also God knows me. And so I started reading Psalms 139 every single day for about two or three years of just reading that passage that that God can investigate my life, that he knows every intricate detail of my life, that he knit you together in your mother's womb. And that just blew my mind. That Because sometimes we put God's capacity in our own capacity. We're like, there's so many things that God has to worry about, but he knows every single one of us specifically. He knows every one of us that walked in the door today. He knows every single thing that's going on in your life. It's, it's not like he just has this view of your life as, okay, that's that one project, that's that one person. No, he knows every single thing that's going on in your life. The thing for me that kind of freaked me out is because God wanted to know me, and there's a lot of things that I didn't want God to know about me. <laughs> there's a lot of things I'm trying to hide from God, but God's like, I already know those things. And so just to think about that, that his unfailing love, his, his, his love was just so for me that he wanted to know me and he knew every intricate detail in my life and he still loved me. That blew my mind. God knows us. 
David says, investigate my life. Know everything about me. I'm an open book to you, God. What do you have to say? What do you see in me? What, what are areas that you're working in? Know me. He knows you today. God knows you and he still loves you. He knows you and he still loves you. Being a child of God is, is something that we are invited into. That we are children of love. That's God's unconditional love for us. That each one of us get to have this identity as children of love. What this does is it breaks away from the religious spirit of, okay, if I do these things right, if I only line up to what God says, then he'll finally love me. I'm telling you, there's this freedom in that, that you'll actually live out your life a holy life the more that you're invited into being a child of love. You'll actually start following him more and more because that relationship is building and it's strong and you don't want anything to separate it. And so we get to be children of love. And so as we talked about this series last week, I got this really pretty picture, pretty nice picture. Can you put it up here? Have you ever seen this person? It's like a lot of textbooks and biology and that type of stuff, right? And so I got this picture and what it was was this person and then all the arrows of life were pointing into them was the first thing that I got, like just tons of arrows pointing in. And so that's what I talked about last week was living from this broken identity of all of our arrows pointing in. And what this looks like is getting our affirmation from what people say about us at all times. So we're living from one relationship to another of what people say about us. And we kind of go through life in this broken relationship after broken relationship. It's, it's job after job because we don't get affirmed. Nobody's, nobody's actually like uh, coming alongside us and saying, you're amazing. We, we have to hear that all the time. And so people's words are just so valued in this with all the arrows pointing in. But then the other part of this that I saw was arrows pointing outward. Arrows pointing out looks more like our affirmation comes from being the supporter of other people. We, we get affirmed by people going, I couldn't do this without you. You've just been a rock in my life and, and um, you've really fixed me up. <laughs> and so like we get this from, from uh, being supportive of everybody else around us, but it, our identity comes from being that supporting rock in people's life. And it can really, it's a, a very broken identity I said this last week that with arrows pointing outward, a lot of times you'll find out that like when you know this person, they'll know every intricate detail of your life, but you won't even know their middle name. You won't know anything about them because every conversation comes back to like, what do you think? Never like actually opening up themselves, but always pushing the conversation to you. This is arrows outward. And lastly, the picture that I got was this arrow from heaven where somebody's receiving their identity from Christ and they're able to move things forward. They can hear people's compliments and concerns and criticisms and it doesn't kill them, but then they can also be supportive of other people. So this beautiful identity of receiving our identity from Christ that we can be inward and outward and we're going through life like that. 
This is a child of love. And this is where we want to lead you as a church. It'd be amazing to have all of our, uh, to be able to receive compliments, to be able to receive words of affirmation from other people, but then also be supportive, but always having our identity in Christ. That's our goal as a church, is to lead you in that in the next three weeks. So we got three weeks to do it. You guys should all have that done. I'll be led from that way too. We'll have it all figured out. It's an idea. Today I want to talk about arrows pointing outward. The personality of arrows pointing out, living from that. Here's a quick... uh, a quick survey to tell if you fit in this category. Do you get nervous when it's your turn to share a thought on something? Like, oh no, like people want to know what I have to say. Is there an, or share something about yourself when it's your turn to actually share like what you think about something? Is that some, oh my gosh, I can't do that. When getting coffee with a friend, would you rather sit and listen to all their problems or would you rather share in the experience? Have you ever been called the fixer? I just fix things, fix relationships, just fix up everybody. Do you carry people's burdens longer than others? Like somebody, you remind somebody of something that was a big burden in their life. And it was like two years ago. And they're like, I completely had forgotten about that. Oh, then what am I holding on to it for? And you find yourself in that category. Here's a big one. Do you feel unappreciated more than twice a week? People don't see what I'm doing for them. I'm supporting them so much. They don't even notice. There's a good chance you might have a lot of arrows pointing out. And I know that we're all in process in this and that God is working out things. He's bringing his identity. And so what I'd love for us to look at is a person who operated from this personality but very uh, secure in who God had called them to be. And that's John the Baptist. So if you have your Bible, we're gonna look at Matthew 3. Matthew 3 is uh, about John the Baptist. John is Jesus' cousin. He, um, when he was in his, his mother's womb, in Elizabeth's womb, him and Mary, uh, Jesus' mom, got together, and their tummies started to rumble. <laughs> That's all I had to say about that. <laughs> they really liked each other, even in the tummy. And this is kind of cool. So John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, he's born around the same time as Jesus. Uh, They both had a call in their life by God. They both had a really strong call on their life. And they were both secure in their identity and what God had called them to do. They didn't really step on each other's toes. They They were gigantic for the kingdom of God, but they never really stepped on each other's toes. They were able to work together really well. And I want to just kind of describe how John was able to work so well with Jesus and be a supporter of what Jesus did. So Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. I love the uh, message version of this passage. It says, a thunder in the desert. Before John the Baptist, not a whole lot was happening. When John the Baptist hits the scene, all of a sudden things start happening. John has this supportive role of preparing the way of the Lord to be a thunder in the desert, to get people ready for Jesus' coming, to get their hearts ready, to get their, their lives ready, to have the gospel presentation through Jesus so powerful in their lives that John prepares the way for them. But John is like the railroad tracks and the railroad ties. And Jesus is like the locomotive. Nobody really marvels at the railroad tracks, the railroad ties. Like, These are really nice. This is, this is great. But when you see that gigantic locomotive coming through town, wow, there's power there, steam coming out. So that was John's role, and he was totally okay with it. He was there to be the railroad tracks for Jesus' coming. He was secure in his identity, who God had called him to be. Let's keep reading. Uh, verse four, it says, John's clothes were made of camel's hair, which is really itchy. Has anybody ever wore camel's hair before? No? It's kind of out of fashion. Um, <laughs> and he, he had a leather belt around his waist, which was a Gucci belt, pretty sure. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. So just like somebody who has arrows pointing out, notice that John doesn't ever ask for a change. Can I get some different clothes, God? <laughs> like this camel's hair stuff is super itchy. My leather belt's falling apart. Uh, I get to eat wild locusts and honey. You know, he, he's totally fine with that because Arrow's pointing out a lot of times in that, in that personality, you're like totally okay with like suffering through things just as long as everybody else is taken care of. And if everybody else feels okay, then I'm good. Like I'll just, I'll just deal with what I have going on. Did you notice this part? This is something that just like totally popped out at me this, this week is that people went out to him from Jerusalem confessing their sins. And they, like, the word hadn't gotten out. Facebook was not invented. Okay, so <laughs> there's this guy that's out in the middle of the wilderness baptizing people. I think I'm supposed to go. I guess I'll go. Show up. John, I've been a bad boy. <laughs> got a lot of things going on in my life. I want to get off my chest. John's there with his camel hair coat and nice leather. You want to, you want to eat a locust with me and talk about it? <laughs> why are they leaving their towns to go out to John? You know, why, why leave? And, and think about how radical this was. John's not a priest. 
He's not wearing priestly garments. He's not meeting in a temple. He's out in the middle of the woods, and people are leaving the towns to go to him in the middle of the woods. It's just radical call of God, I need to go get baptized. And one thing I just love about this is people knew the authenticity of John the Baptist. There was nothing for him to gain out in the middle of the woods, baptizing people in the Jordan River. There was no fame in that. But people just trusted him. They knew that he loved people. And so they leave their towns and go out to him in the Jordan and get baptized and and trust them with like what's going on in their life, confessing their sins to them. That's just a beautiful picture of how this this outward focus can actually look when our identity's in Christ. People are going out to him and confessing their sins because he loved people. Love to read uh, verse 11. It says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire, his winnowing fork in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering the wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff, the chaff that with unquenchable fire. John says, I will baptize you with water, but you know what, guys? Like, someone's coming after me. This is somebody very secure in that role of being able to just push the conversation away, but also point people to, man, there's somebody else coming that's way more powerful than what I'm able to do right now. And they're gonna actually baptize you with this unquenchable fire. So I have a part in this. I got this little role. Here's my role. I baptize some people in the river, but man, somebody's coming along the way. The locomotive is coming to town. Get ready for it. And I'm just here to get you ready. Let's keep reading. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened up, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove in a lightning on him. A voice from the heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. It's this beautiful picture of the Trinity. You have the Holy Spirit coming from heavens. Jesus is coming out of the water. And then the clouds open up and the Father's voice going, this is my son whom I am well pleased. It's just a beautiful picture in Matthew of that. So if John's uh, identity was not secure in who God had called him to be, that argument of, no, Jesus, uh, you need to baptize me, would have ended there, and John would have just said, like, there's no way I could baptize you. I'm not worthy. I can't do this. But John's identity came in who God had called him to be, that he's here to prepare the way. This is God's way. This is what God wants to do. And so I'm going to go ahead and do it. John doesn't get anything out of the deal. 
He just gets to baptize Jesus and he gets to see the Trinity. Like, how cool is that, right? John was here to support. But the real thread of the entire story has always been Jesus. From the very beginning, it says that John was here to prepare the way for the coming king. And then we get down throughout the story and we have Jesus showing up on the scene. And John's here to support Jesus again. John baptizes him. He comes out of the water. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Father speaking. The whole story is based around Jesus. But John just, has to, John just gets to play a little part in that as a supporting role. This is a beautiful picture of living out that identity. Because in that identity, it's not about John's story. It's not about John baptizing people, what John wore. The story always points back to Jesus. John's role was to bring people to Jesus. It's always bringing people to Jesus. People weren't brought just to John. They were brought to Jesus. You know, John actually had disciples. He raised up disciples around him. But when Jesus came to town, all of his disciples left and went to Jesus. And John didn't throw a fit about it. He was actually excited because they started following Jesus. So with this beautiful identity, if we live it out with arrows pointing out where we're the supporter, we're, we're drawing people not to ourselves as the rock, as I can just trust in you, I can confide only in you, but we draw people to Jesus. That's the goal. The goal is always bring people to Jesus. That should be our goal. And when our identity is coming from Christ, we're not constantly looking for everybody else to come to us with all their problems because we don't need to bear each other's, we don't need to bear those burdens that everybody else has. We can actually share those and point people to Jesus. So you find yourself not bearing so many burdens, not worry so much, not so much anxiety because we're here to be used by God and then point people to Jesus. I've seen this in real life. When this, when this identity is, is beautiful, um, when you leave, people are actually following Jesus. Because sometimes life happens, you move, you change jobs, you, uh, you, know, you got different things going on in your life, and our, your whole goal, if it was to point people to you as to being people's solid rock, man, when you move, people just fall apart. And I've seen that. I've seen that countless times. But I've also seen it where people go, you know what, I may be here for you right now, but my whole job is to point you to God, that you build this relationship with Jesus, so then when I am gone, when I'm out of the picture, your relationship with God is strong. You don't need me to be the in-between person. You have a relationship with God. You know Jesus. I'm so glad I was a part of that. And that's where I see John. He's just a part of people's story. He can constantly point people to Jesus. So I want to end with a, a couple more truths about what this can look like and how we can have freedom. If you find yourself with a lot of arrows pointing out and um, realizing, man, I, I would love to just have my identity in Christ instead of realizing or getting all of the um, getting our identity from being people's rock. The first thing is this, is 
Do you find yourself always pointing conversations to other people? I want you to know something. Listen up. So you are worth knowing. You're worth knowing. That God knows you. He loves you just the way that you are. And you're worth knowing. You find yourself always trying to know other people. Sometimes that's, a, that's an identity crisis of, oh, I know everything about them, so hopefully they'll ask me about me. Um, I just want to invite you. You're worth knowing today. People would be honored to know you. There are relationships out there where it's a two-way road, and they're beautiful, where, where you know each other. You're worth knowing. The other thing is, with this arrows outward, one thing that I just want to uh, speak some freedom into is let the Holy Spirit do his process. Let the Holy Spirit work. It's not all dependent on us. If we meddle in people's lives enough, then they'll finally, man, I'm telling you, it's like an endless, it's an endless road. Let the Holy Spirit do his process. Let him work. Trust him. Trust him with what he's doing. Trust him with what he's doing in our own life. Then trust him with what he wants to do in other people's lives. And the last part is this is God, this is an amazing truth that I learned last year, 2020, I learned this, is you can't control people, so stop trying. It's not gonna work. <laughs> you can't control people. Stop trying. It's exhausting. Trust the Holy Spirit. Trust God. Trust him with, with people's lives. Be a part of them. Point people to Jesus. That's what we get to do. Trying to put people in boxes and say they need to fit this mold and do these things, and, and it gets exhausting, guys. Just trust the Holy Spirit. One just practical thing that I'd love to invite us into is throughout this series that... Um, I would love for us to just read Psalms 139. Does anybody own a phone here? One? Okay, one person. Cool. So on your Bible app, if you don't have the YouVersion Bible, download it. And you can have Psalms 139 read to you in the morning. Just spend like five minutes, open up your Bible, a tangible Bible that you're holding in your hand is a lot less distracting than your phone. But I'm okay to say like, it, whatever you got to do, just start reading Psalms 139 and let that sit on your heart how much God knows you, how much he loves you, how he made you in your mother's womb. He knows the intricate details of your life. And so what it is, is this great reminder, oh yes, I can just release people over to you because if you know me that much, then you know them that much. And we need that reminder all the time. We need that hope. So just spending time with your dad to spend time with the Father and just, God, what do you want to do today? What, is, what are your words for me today? Who do I need to release burdens from? 
Who do I need to just trust you in the process with right now, God? We need that reminder. And I invite you, I've been doing this in the morning time, just spend five, 10 minutes with the Lord. Just let, let that verse just ring over your life. Let it be read from your phone or uh, open up your Bible and just really read it, dive in. Read a, read a little passage of it, read the whole thing. Just read it. And I promise you, the Father will speak to you through it. He does, he's so, his promises are so true in that. His word is alive, it's living. It'll, it's crazy how it'll apply to your day-to-day life every single time, whatever you read. So it's just a great verse, Psalms 139. Just a real crack, a practical way of applying this. Good reminder. The other thing is this, is just come back next week. We're gonna be talking about the different giftings that God's given us, the plans and purposes that he has for our life, how he, how he created us for plans and purposes. And there's different, um, in, in God's word, there's actually ways that you can see Oh, wow, this is why I'm gifted that way. This is, this is why I'm wired that way. This is why I'm always reaching out to people. This is why I'm always starting new things. This is, this is why I love sitting down with coffee and hearing people's story. There's a reason for that. God wants to use that. He created you with purpose in that. So I just invite you to come back next week, and we're going to continue on this. Okay? Cool. Bring a friend, too. That'd be great. I'm going to go ahead and close this out with a prayer. Well, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to just speak uh, so clearly to us this entire week. We thank you that we can just trust you with the process. We can trust you with the process of our life, the process of our friends, our family, even um, you know people that are living in our house, Lord, that Holy Spirit, we can just trust you with what you're doing. And so, Lord, I just pray for freedom for anyone in this room that's just been carrying a lot of burdens of other people that, Lord, you just be able to uh, just release that right now in Jesus' name. There would just be freedom in this place from um, carrying on the weight of the world of other, uh, from other people's lives that we're trying to fix and uh, work so hard at fixing. God, just, um, yeah, just pray for freedom in that right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. I just pray that over this church, Lord, that we just live in that freedom this week. As we just spend time with you, that you'd remind us just how how intimate you know us. That you that we're worth knowing by God. That our identity would just continue to grow in who you've called us to be, that we'd be secure in that. We'd be our identity would be confirmed in that, Lord. Have your way, Lord. To speak that over each one of our lives in this room. Our time with you, Lord, would just be so powerful. We know the depth and the height of your love. We know the width of your love. So we just open up time to you throughout our week. Have your way.